I'm back for another episode. I know I've had a lot of episodes coming out lately, and I promise things will slow down. Or maybe I'm sorry to tell you that things will slow down a little bit soon. But I promised someone that I would make this episode this weekend, and so I wanted to quickly record it. I'm going to be talking today about how to use the writing continua that are part of the Stepping Stones curricular framework that Tina Hargaden has created, that many of you um, use to teach your classes, and um, how you can set student students can set really themselves individual writing goals and kind of utilizing this continuum to push their writing and push themselves further. So if you are not interested in using these materials or you're not a user of these materials, this may not be an episode for you, but I would still challenge you to kind of listen and check it out. And um, you can find some of these materials that Tina has posted for free if you're not in Curriculum Club um, in the CI Liftoff Facebook page, or you can ask about them there. Otherwise, if you're in Curriculum Club, you can find them by going to the Supply Closet under your courses in Teachable and on the General tab, find the Rubrics and Writing Continua link. So I have the Description Writing Continuum pulled up in front of me. And the first thing I want to say is I was really thinking about this before I recorded this episode is that I don't know that I would use a student's checkpoint assessment writing in order to use the continuum because the continuum talks about the cycle as a whole where the checkpoint really zeroes in on the phase. So for cycle one, phase one, if you had your students write, they're describing a setting. Well, the continuum talks about describing people as well. And also it talks about possibly going for multiple paragraphs. And so I feel like it's not necessarily fair and it might actually be discouraging to use the writing continua on something that was meant to be a short, quick snapshot of a very narrow focus. So I was thinking to myself, okay, well then, then Caitlin, what would you do to solve this problem? Because you can't just be like, "Mm, I don't think this is the best way to go about this. We need to have solutions, people. So here's what I had in mind. Speaking specifically about description and the description writing continuum, because I think when you get to narration, I think you can easily tell students kind of as like a pre-assessment to starting the cycle. They've had at least six weeks of instruction because you've done cycle one with them. So they have, you know, some language built up right. And you can just tell them, write a story. And then you can use that to use the narrative writing continuum. But description's a little different, especially if you're using it with your novice level classes, because you're so fresh at the beginning of the year. You can't on day three plot down a paper in front of them and say, okay, write a description of this picture and write it so that people can picture it in their minds if they didn't have access to the picture. They're going to be like, what? I only know how to say like today is Tuesday and it's hot. (laughs) So here's, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that maybe somewhere in the middle of cycle one, phase two, Um, because by then students have worked on describing places and they're starting to work on describing people's preferences. So at least they have somewhat of a chance to kind of include these things. Obviously you don't want to necessarily set them up to be like, oh, you know, when you're writing, make sure you include X, Y, and Z, because the idea is for them to be able to write these things naturally for them to kind of learn throughout the cycles and phases how to craft their writing to be more descriptive, to be more um, detailed and informative, and to be stronger. So here's what I would do. 
and feel free to not do it this way. I just was thinking through this and I think this is what I'll do with my eighth graders as well is I would partway through cycle one, phase two, I would just take a day off, maybe do it on like a Friday or in the middle of the week. I don't know, whatever day you don't feel like doing a a full lesson and doing the framework. And I would probably, I would probably start my class by doing free choice reading or doing a reading workshop, maybe do a calendar talk check-in. And then I would stop and I would go into this pre-assessment for this writing continuum. So I would say to the students, you know, that one of the goals in this class is that they're able to communicate in the target language. And one of the ways they can communicate is by writing. And so in order for them to become stronger writers, we want to see where they're at right now. Not going to get graded on it, but they need to do their best effort because it's a piece of writing that they're going to come back to and um, continue to work with throughout the following weeks. So here's what I would do. I would either pull up a picture on like your projector or on your smart board of a scene, a setting that has a place that could be described and that also has people in it Um, because the descriptive writing continua has descriptions of like the setting and people. So I would pull up a picture Or you could tell the students that they could write about a picture or a scene they have in their own mind. That would be fine, too. Um, But this way, it's a little more concrete for them to to write about. It's a little easier when it's not so wide open. And I would put this picture up and I would say, okay, I'm going to give you X amount of minutes. Now, keep in mind, you're going to want to, in order to accurately compare, like, beginning of cycle to end of cycle writing, you're going to want to probably make these similar lengths. Um, And due to the fact that in the writing continuum, it talks about at, for the description when I'm looking at it, it talks about when you get to um, like level seven, it talks about going from paragraph to paragraph. So I would try to give them enough time to at least write two paragraphs. Um, So that might be if you have like quicker upper level students, that might be 10 minutes Um, If you have more novice level students, that might be 15 to 20 minutes. So kind of gauge it. Um, It's always better to just have more time. Well, not like too much, but enough time. And you can always tell students that they can go back and reread their work or they can, um, you know, when they're finished, they could maybe illustrate a picture of the scene they described beneath it, whatever. Um, And then whatever time you pick. So let's say I'm going to pick 15 minutes. Then at the end of the cycle, I would have them write a similar piece on that same picture, right? Because that's really how you can compare apples to apples. So I would tell them, you're going to write a description. You're going to describe everything as much as you can in this paper, including the people, the settings, anything you can describe so that someone who doesn't have this picture can picture the setting in their mind and can feel like they're there. Include as many details as possible. And then I would say go. So at this point, the students have not seen the writing continuum. When the time is up, sometimes it might help for you as a teacher to write your own while the students are writing too. Because as as the students are self-coding their work, something I've found that they realize that they have a very hard time sometimes picking out these features and marking them themselves. So 
it might help if you have a text and you could write yours ahead of time if you wanted to also where you can model what kinds of things you're having them look at. And then you're going to go through once everyone's finished and your time is up, you're going to go through and I give them all a copy of the writing continuum and I, you're going to talk about what each level is. So level one, unconnected sentences, topic shifts, extremely repetitive, simple. And this, by topic shifts, this is a bad thing. It means like each sentence is about different things. Think about in English even, or in your first language, when you would write papers for like your language arts classes in middle school and high school, like being able to write a paragraph and keep your topic focused within a paragraph is something you want. So in the beginning, where it says topic shifts, that's, a, that's not the best thing. It's natural with their language when they're first learning to, to, to communicate right because they don't have so much language to stay on topic, but just to keep that in the back of your mind. And the idea is, as they go through the writing continuum, they have to have everything listed in a level in order to move on to the next level. So let's say they get to... Um, level four. It says two to three sentences together. So let's say they wrote three sentences describing the place. Clauses and conjunctions. So maybe they used and in the sentence and they also use that like um, there is a stadium that is big. That would be using the clause that. Um, and it shifts from one group of sentences to the next, meaning they might have three sentences about this and then two sentences about the people, something like that. Right, So they have to have all those things in order to reach that level four. And then if you move on to level five, now it talks about describing the setting, weather, date, and sensory details. So you've added in those sensory details in there. So things about like what they can hear, what they can see, what they might be able to smell or feel. Um, so if they didn't do that, then sorry, you're at a level four right now. And make sure you, you talk to your students about this in a way that it's not good or bad, right? You're just seeing where they're at so that they can set a goal so they can try to move up a level or two or three or four or five. I don't know. I've had some students jump from like a level five to like a level 10 because they knew what they needed to include and they had those capabilities. Um, so obviously the pre-assessment pre is like very rough for most people because they just don't know to think about including all these things, right? So let's say they do have all the sensory details in their level five. Okay, now we're moving on to level six. Four to five sentences together. And so it has everything from a before and now it has a description of mood. So feelings, thoughts, or reactions. So maybe you have talking about like, oh, the people are excited because they like the beach, etc. Um, and again, it topic shifts from one group of sentences to the next, meaning they have more than one group of sentences. So if they only wrote one paragraph, they can't really move up super high which is why I also recommended giving them a longer time to write to encourage them, okay? I have a lot of students that'll just be like, yeah, I'm gonna write, and they wrote 10 sentences together, but they didn't break them into paragraphs, and then they get dinged on it when they're, when they're looking at the continuum, and then they're like, oh, really? All I had to do was break this into two paragraphs, and then I would have been up another level? Yup. And then that kind of helps them remember, oh, these are the things I need to continue to do to become a stronger descriptive writer. So now you get to level, um, you get to level seven, and it's like, whoa talking about the topic flows through paragraph to paragraph um, the description is angled perhaps each perhaps each group of sentences conveys a different aspect of the topic so maybe the first so the topic is like describing this scene at the beach right so maybe the first paragraph is all about describing the setting and then the second paragraph is all about describing the people at the beach and how they feel and what they're doing at that setting um, and what the weather is like or whatever so again, going through this and kind of, I would have them 
like underline the different parts or kind of check them off. It's hard in the first couple levels because there's a pretty good chance that your students are probably going to hit a level three at least on their first writing. Because a lot of times if you're modeling that strong writing during your write and discuss and they've had their checkpoint assessment and they can write in sentences that the and if you tell them to write a description of the place, they're not just going to write random sentences that shift from topic to topic. Um, so once you hit that, like, okay, level three, now they need to include the clauses and conjunctions. I would maybe have them circle where they used a clause or a conjunction in their writing. You know, in level four, you know, if you had two to three sentences together, um, maybe they need to like number one, two, three, these sentences are all about the same topic. One, two, these two sentences are about the same topic. I like to have them code their work somehow so they can easily see it. I also often will ask them to skip lines on this pre-assessment because something that I like to do as we go throughout and kind of maybe like once a week or twice a phase, have them come back to this original piece and with those skipped lines, have them like insert like extra sentences or phrases or additional pieces as you've come across them in class and as guided oral input and as your shared writing topics and have them add to that original text, that original piece of writing. Because then they're like actively using their, their kind of their monitor to look at the language, to kind of reassess things, to add these pieces in so that when they get to the post-assessment, then... They're, they know what to expect. So then when you get to, you know, you could use your cycle one summative assessment piece. Um, you could have them describe that picture as their summative assessment and also double that as their post-assessment. And so then have them rate themselves on the second one. Um, so what I would do, what I did is I, I had them mark what level they were at and a lot of them hit like level four or five on their first eh, three or four on their first writing for me when I did this with the narrative continuum a couple years ago and then um, I had them like look ahead to see like even in English a lot of your kids depending on how strong they are in their literacy skills may not be able to write like this in their first language so keep that in mind that's why it's so important to set the individual writing goals is I have them look and read through these descriptions themselves because they may not even understand. Like in level eight, it says the description asks rhetorical questions of the reader. They may not even know what that means in English. You may not even know what that means in English. You may have to do some, you know, English language arts Googling um, before you do these pre and post assessments with the writing continua. Um, so I'll have the students set, you know, put a star next to the level that is their goal. So I think, you know, most of my students, if I'm looking at this, would probably be able to at least write at a level seven. Intermediate, mid, that's a really solid level for middle school students. Um, and then, you know, at the post-assessment, I have them go through and we, we self-code and we mark all the writings just like we did the first time. And you could have them write about the same scene. Or you could have them write about a new but similar scene so that, you know, it still has a setting and also people that they could describe. Um, and it's and it's really powerful. I've had students move from um, on the narrative one. Let me take a look at it. 
on the narrative writing continuum, I've had students move from like a level four to a level 10 because these students were really, 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 they're really strong in their literacy in, in English and their first language. And they're really, really motivated. So they, they paid attention every time we would write to, um, how to incorporate these things. And these are things that we would set as goals as a class of like, okay, let's look at the continuum today. Kind of like when you're doing your anchor chart before you start shared writing, if you're like, okay, are there any other phrases or if, you know, words that we can put up here to help us write a stronger description, make it like a movie while we look at the continuum and we, I look at it and say, okay, um, we're having, we're having a hard time working on, um, let's see, a character thinking or talking or action to start our narrative. Okay, well, let's add that in today when we do our shared writing. This is evidence of a strong narrative piece. So make sure you're modeling that as the teacher as well. Um, But yeah, I've had students move up three, four, five levels. I usually try to make them like set a goal of moving up like two levels. Um, And it's usually really empowering. But that's why I'd want to give them that full chance to write about the setting and people because if you're just doing setting, they're going to feel like when they look at it, like, well, there weren't even people for us to describe. That wasn't even what you asked us to do. They might feel kind of cheated, if that makes any sense. And so I would probably do that pre-assessment separate from one of the checkpoint assessments. Code the code the continuum, have them look it over, make sure you as the teacher understand what it is and that you're adding to it as you um, do your shared writing, that you're adding these things. Maybe give them five minutes twice a week or ten minutes twice a week to reread their original description and add more to it. They can come ask you individual questions of like, hey, I'm trying to move up to you know a level eight and that means that I need to include rhetorical questions, you know, And then you can maybe give them some examples and some feedback. Make it more of like a writer's workshop kind of setup um, if you really want to emphasize that. So the continuum are a really awesome piece to add in, especially with those upper level students and those students are and those heritage students um, that are really ready to refine their literacy skills. If the continuum is too much for you or your students to handle right now, Don't worry about it. Your students are going to still acquire amazing language and do awesome things, especially if you are just using those rubrics. Um, Because even if you're using the rubrics for cycle one, phase one, you know, for example, they're still including um, sensory details and every sentence is about the same topic. So the rubrics are still leading them to be able to do well on the continua. You're just not going to be using maybe that piece of paper as a tool. So I hope this is helpful. Again, If you are not using the Stepping Stones curricular framework or don't have access to these materials, this may not make a lot of sense. If you're interested in it, put a question in the CI Liftoff Facebook group and one of the Curriculum Club coaches or some of the members who've been using these materials for a couple years, I'm sure we'll be able to hop on and answer your questions or get you started.